As a limited partner, this cash flow is passive, meaning you are not putting in your time to make this money. Another name for it is called mailbox money. You receive this money when you are sleeping, on vacation, or while working at your day job in the hospital or clinic. This is my time. I'm on the- Hi, I'm Kyle Stevenson, and you're listening to the Assets and Orthopedics Podcast. In this forum, we hope to educate medical students, residents, physicians, and other high-income professionals on the power of investing, especially in real estate assets and syndications. We want to help providers gain financial intelligence with the hope of earning financial freedom. Please listen and learn so you can spend more time doing what you love with who you love. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Assets and Orthopedics Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Stevenson. In today's episode, we are going to start diving into multifamily investing, also known as multifamily syndications. This would be a great podcast for beginners who have never heard of this asset class or only know very little about it. You might even learn something new if you're well-established in this business. For me growing up and even going into medical school, I essentially only heard of investing in paper assets, which are commonly known as stocks and bonds. This includes individual stocks like Tesla or Amazon, or what I tend to invest in, low expense index funds from Vanguard, Fidelity, or Schwab. I was very green up until a few years ago when it came to investing because I thought, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Money won't necessarily be an issue for me and my family. Wrong. The more I read and learned, the more I realized how foolish that mentality was. It is also one of the main reasons I decided to start this podcast, to educate young physicians and other high-income professionals about investing to create financial freedom. I have learned a lot but I still have a long way to go. I encourage all of you listening to be lifetime learners. I think Dr. Seuss said it best. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. My company, Sharp Investments, was actually named as an acronym. The word sharp has a lot of meanings that I love. Well-dressed or stylish. Quick-witted. Having an edge or point like a scalpel. Precise. Distinct. These are all good descriptions for a successful entrepreneur. SHARP for me is an acronym that stands for investing in syndications or hard assets to retire early for physicians. The syndications and hard assets that I want to educate you on today is multifamily investing. We will then have some guests on over the ensuing episodes and beyond that are successful doctors who are also flourishing in multifamily investing. I will be interviewing an orthopedic surgeon in a couple weeks who has been investing since 2016 and has over 4,000 plus doors. There's another colleague I will have on here who owns hotels, self-storage, multifamily, and other real estate. He quit medicine as a general surgeon after two years of practice to pursue real estate investing full-time. There are impressive physicians and other high-income earners out there doing amazing things. We just need more exposure to these opportunities. So let's get started on learning about multifamily syndications. First, let's discuss some basic terms to understand. What constitutes a small multifamily versus a large multifamily property? At a basic level, think of small multifamilies as two to four units, duplex, triplex, or quadplex, where you can get traditional loans just like for residential properties. A large multifamily, however, is essentially five units or more. This becomes a little bit more complex because now you need commercial lending. These are the type of properties that we are going to be diving into today. So what is a multifamily syndication? In general, a real estate syndicate refers to a group of investors that pool their money together to build or purchase a property. Therefore, a multifamily syndication is where a group of investors pool their resources to buy a large property like an apartment complex. Other types of real estate syndications focus on hotels, manufactured home parks, self-storage, student housing, land development, warehouses, and more. Again, multifamily syndication is where a group of investors pool their money together to buy a large property like an apartment complex. Think of the apartment complex you're living in now 
or the big apartments around the city that you're living in. A group of investors own that, and you can learn how to do the same. Major benefits of multifamily syndications. There are four. Appreciation, cash flow through passive income, tax benefits, and amortization. Appreciation. Let's start with number one. In general, property appreciation means an increase of its value over time. The more an asset appreciates in value, the more profit is made on its refinance or sale. In addition to this natural appreciation, forced appreciation is where we increase the value of our assets by increasing their profit, also known as net operating income, which in turn further increases their value. This means more money for the investors upon refinance or sale of the property. In short, forced appreciation is when we renovate a property to force its increase in value. Number two, cash flow through passive income. Your stake in a real estate investment enables you to benefit from the cash flow the property produces each month. Cash flow is what is left over when you take the property's income, most often in the form of rent, minus its expenses and the mortgage. As a limited partner, this cash flow is passive, meaning you are not putting in your time to make this money. Another name for it is called mailbox money. You receive this money when you are sleeping, on vacation, or while working at your day job in the hospital or clinic. Number three, tax benefits. First of all, passive income itself is tax-free, so you're not taxed on this cash flow that we just discussed. The next term can be a little confusing, but you should consult with your accountant to further understand how it can benefit you. Depreciation, also known as quote-unquote paper loss, is due to wear and tear on the property. It is confusing because even though your investment property is appreciating in value over the years, there is this depreciation, also known as paper loss, that can be used to offset your earned income taxes like your W-2 or 1099. Again, this is something to discuss with your accountant. Number four, amortization. This is when the mortgage payments are spread out over time. The renters of the apartment complex are paying down that mortgage payment each month. As the renter pays down the loan, your equity in that property increases. All right, so what are some ways to invest in multifamily syndications? There are two ways of investing in multifamily syndications, either as a general partner or as a limited partner. So let's start with the GP. Who is the general partner and what is their role? General partner, also known as GP, also known as sponsor, syndicator, or operator. The sponsor or GP plays a vital role in the investment process. This is the group or person that has a plethora of roles. They find and underwrite the deal. They secure financing, negotiate the price and terms with the seller, complete due diligence, find and educate investors, acquire the investment property, and then work with the property management team. As you can see here, the GP or general partner is the driving force behind these deals. They do a lot of work. Now, let's move on to the limited partner. The limited partner is also known as passive investor. This will likely be your role as a busy professional. Passive investors are also referred to as LPs or limited partners. These are people who invest money in the deal, but have no active responsibilities in the purchase of investment property or the management of the assets afterwards. So moving on, who can invest in multifamily syndications? There are essentially two types of offerings for multifamily investments or syndications. First, there's a 506B offering. Don't get too caught up in the weeds on the numbers here, but 506B offering, which is open to unaccredited investors. These are sophisticated investors. This refers to people who have sufficient investing experience as well as a pre-existing relationship with the general partner. The other offering is called a 506C offering. Again, don't get too caught up in that. But a 506C offering is when the offerings are open to accredited investors. According to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, 
An accredited investor is a person who has a net worth over $1 million, excluding their primary residence, or income over $200,000 if you file individually, or income over $300,000 if you file with a spouse or partner in each of the prior two years, and reasonably expecting the same for the current year. That's an easy Google search if you really want to look up what's an accredited versus non-accredited investor. Should you invest in a multifamily syndication? Before jumping into multifamily syndications, it is important to understand the pros and cons of this kind of investment for all parties involved. So here are some pros and cons for each general partner as well as the limited partner. So pros for the syndicator or general partner. Leverage. Syndication allows you to leverage the capital of other investors and make a significantly larger real estate investment. Pros for the syndicator. Control. Another one is equity and appreciation. And lastly, tax benefits. Cons for the syndicator high setup costs, and raising funds is not easy. Mobilizing investors and raising enough money is not easy, especially with the uncertainty of current market conditions. Let's move on to the limited partner, which again, in my experience, is great for busy professionals like us. So some pros for the limited or passive investor. Cash flow. Investing in a multifamily syndication means that you can enjoy a passive income while leveraging the experience and skills of the general partner. Freedom. If you don't have the interest or time for being a landlord, syndications are a great way of investing in real estate. Inflation hedge. In general, the increase in the value of the real estate properties exceeds the rise in inflation. This makes investing in a multifamily syndication a perfect hedge against inflation. What are some negatives or cons for the passive investor? It's highly dependent on the sponsor. So this is important. As mentioned earlier, the sponsor handles all the responsibilities involved in the multifamily syndication. If the operator is incompetent or inexperienced, you could lose a lot of money, which means that you should conduct a thorough check on the experience and background of the sponsor beforehand. Lack of liquidity. Investing in a syndication means that your money could be tied up for several years. You can't just call your broker anytime and pull out of the deal. This is why it's important to know, is it a three, five, seven, or 10 year hold? Lack of control. Besides having your money tied up, you also don't have any control over the investment itself. The sponsor makes all the decisions, when to renovate, refinance, or even sell. To maximize your profit, you should thoroughly study the sponsor's competence before getting started. Sensitive to market cycles. All real estate investments are subject to market cycles. When the market slumps, your earnings may do the same. The beauty about real estate is that you can pivot. You don't have to sell or refinance when the market is down. You may have asked yourself, If I want to get into real estate, why not just own my own property? As a landlord, you'll be in the driver's seat of your real estate investment. This means you'll have full control over property selection, tenant screening, and rent pricing. You'll also enjoy a direct relationship with your tenants, which can be both rewarding and challenging. On the flip side, being a landlord can be time-consuming and demanding. You'll be responsible for addressing maintenance issues, handling rent collection, and navigating the legalities of property management. The three T's of being a landlord, tenants, taxes, and toilets, but I also add termites and trash to add to that list. Moreover, being a landlord can also expose you to financial risks. If you are unable to fill vacancies or if your tenants fall behind on rent payments, you may find yourself scrambling to cover your mortgage and other property-related expenses. Asset management is another one. While the day-to-day management can be handed over to a property management, finding the right property manager and ensuring that they are on top of things can be challenging at times. So to conclude all of this into one question, Why do I believe that being a limited partner is good role for physicians and other high income earners? The primary advantage of being a limited partner is that it allows you to enjoy the financial benefits of real estate investing with little to no involvement. 
You can focus on your medical career while your investment partner or general partner handles the property management, tenant relations, and other responsibilities. Before I joined a team of general partners, I had experience with six deals as a limited partner. This included apartments, self-storage, and large commercial buildings. I continue to look for deals as a limited partner, working with experienced operators who I trust. So now I want to go through some examples of what a deal could look like so you know what to expect. One will be a value-add multifamily apartment complex, and the other will be a real-life single-family home that I currently own. The single-family home will give you an idea of how to renovate a property and refinance on a much smaller scale than multifamily. Before I give these two examples, here are a couple of cool things about investing in multifamily deals. The big difference between single-family and multifamily is how they are valued. For single-family homes, just like the house you live in or grew up in, it is valued based on comps in the area. If a house nearby with similar bed and bath of yours sells for $500,000, then likely your home will be worth a similar amount. For multifamily, however, the property value is based more on the net operating income or how much profit you can create in the property through renovations and increasing rents. Therefore, you have much more control on the property value in multifamily. The term net operating income is essentially gross revenue minus expenses. I don't want to get too complicated, so think of NOI or net operating income as simply profit. Another cool thing about multifamily investing compared to single family homes that I think will blow your mind, at least it does for me, as you increase your net operating income, you actually increase your property value exponentially in multifamily. For every $1 you increase your net operating income through rent, pet fees, laundry, utilities, etc., you increase your property value by $17 to $20. A quick example to help you understand this. Say you have a 100-unit apartment complex. You raise everyone's rent by $20 per month, which is not much to the renter. I'll skip the calculations for you, but this raises the property value by $480,000 or almost a half a million dollars just by raising rents $20 per month. Look that up if you don't trust those numbers, but again, it's mind-blowing. That's what we love about multifamily investing. So here's the general plan for a typical multifamily investment. You buy a distressed apartment complex in a decent area, renovate it by painting the exterior, fixing up the units, redoing the parking lot, making it look much nicer. Then you raise your rents. Therefore, you have forced appreciation, increased net operating income or profit, which will now give you a major increase in property value. So here's an example with easy numbers to help you really understand this. Let's say you buy an apartment complex for a million dollars. You put in about $200,000 for rehab of the property. After you rehab, you know that you can increase the rents to market rent, which means that the rent is now comparable to other properties in the area. So once you increase the rents to market rent, which can take one to two years to complete, this will now increase your profits or NOI, net operating income. So you bought this apartment complex for $1 million. You put in $200,000. That's $1.2 million you have all into this property. You have now raised rents, increased other costs, and decreased your expenses. After three to five years, you go back to the bank to refinance. Based on your new numbers, your new net operating income, the bank now appraises your apartment complex for $1.6 million. They let you borrow about 75% of that, 75% loan to value, which is 75% times $1.6 million. That's $1.2 million. The bank will give you that $1.2 million. You take that money and you pay off what you initially put into the deal, which is all of it in this case. Then you still have the mortgage with the bank each month. But again, who is paying that down? The renters are paying down your mortgage and the money that is extra each month is the cash flow. 
Every year, your property will appreciate in value, and you now have zero of your own money in the deal. It's pretty amazing. It doesn't happen overnight, so think of real estate as get rich slowly. In this case, when you get all of your money back after refinancing, that's called infinite return. Doesn't always happen like this, but when it's done right with an experienced operator, they will likely get most of the invested money back in your pockets during the refinance. Another example, another hopefully more simple example of this is the house that I own, which can give you a similar process on a much smaller scale. This technique is called the Burr method or buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. And there was a book by David Green with Bigger Pockets who talked about this Burr method, but it was coined by Brandon Turner, who's also in the real estate game. Burr, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. So let's talk about this real life example of a house I still own. I paid $80,000 in cash for this house, followed by $40,000 of renovations. This comes out to $120,000 that we have put into this house. After we put renters in, after about six months of having renters in, the bank now appraised this property for $150,000. So the bank let me borrow 80% loan to value for the refinance, which is 80% times $150,000 is $120,000. How great is that? So I get $120,000 from the bank, which is exactly what I put into the house. Now I do have a mortgage to pay each month, but guess who pays that mortgage down? the renter. So now I have no money left in the deal and the renters are paying down the mortgage. I can now use that money to move on and invest in something else. You can see that with the correct techniques in place, real estate is one of, if not the best asset classes out there. To help you better understand, here are a couple of good resources. One book that I enjoy reading about this stuff is called The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke. Great read, easy read, and it will teach you almost anything you need to know about investing in multifamily real estate. If you want to learn more about this topic, you can also log into my website for more information, www.sharpinvestmentsllc.com. There's a free ebook that explains this in better detail. We are wrapping up this episode, but I want to end by introducing you to another asset class that is very lucrative, even during this current chaotic and uncertain market. We will then dive deeper in future episodes. The asset I am referring to is extended stay hotels. I have teamed up with a few smart guys who are successful in both the hospitality and multifamily business. One of them is actually a physician who I referenced earlier in this episode. The other is a real estate wizard. We have transitioned to this asset class and the returns have been phenomenal. It has been fun for me to immerse myself in this business while I continue to learn more about it. Essentially, we buy poorly operated hotels in areas of high population with a strong demand for housing at 25 cents on the dollar. Our management team has over 20 years combined experience in hospitality and over $200 million in assets under management. Our plan is to hold on to these properties for five to 10 years and create massive wealth for our investors. So regarding extended stay hotels, the National Director of Hospitality Analytics at CoStar Group, Jan Freetag said, extended stay hotels historically have been more insulated during periods of economic disruption as they cater to a wider customer base and they have achieved higher and more consistent yields relative to other commercial real estate property types. I will have my business partners on this podcast soon where they can help us learn the details of extended stay hotels so physicians and other high-income professionals can invest with confidence. So in conclusion, since I do not have a guest on today, you as the listener can think about your answers to these four questions. What book are you reading right now? Excluding your medical textbooks, what book are you reading right now? Are you reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Are you reading a fiction book, nonfiction book? A good quote by Jim Rohn, an entrepreneur, he says that formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Think about that. Be a life learner 
and continue growing. Next question, what advice would you give to your younger self? Third question, what is your definition of wealth? And last question, what does retirement look like for you? This is my time. I'm on the rise. Thank you for listening. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave a review so our community can continue to grow. If you'd like to stay connected or receive a copy of your free investing ebook, please go to www.sharpinvestmentsllc.com. And that's sharp with a P as in professional. This is not financial or tax advice. Please consult with your financial advisor or CPA. Uh-huh.